I heard Burrow post game talking about, he said, hey, we're a young team. Can we expect to be back here multiple times? And I thought, Burrow's well, I a smart know. guy. Let me just say you should Google Dan Marino. I'm sure that there are people on all these yep. shows, you know, on this network, who will try to convince you that Joe Shiesty is better already than Dan Marino, and he's not. Dan Marino never got back. Dan Marino never, you want to question right. his greatness? He's, he's got a gold That's jacket. Right. And he earned it, and he didn't get back. And I hope Burrow does. But in a way, Tony, I'm sort of glad because it keeps the idolatry of Joe Burrow from just inundating the airwaves every moment of the day for the next 30 weeks until we get to training camp or whatever it is. Let's just tap the brakes a little bit. Let Mr. Burrow continue to prove it for more than, say, four playoff games. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. Like, Brian! Yeah, <laughs> Brian! Oh my God, are you kidding me? I'm dumb, dumb guy. Brian Stone is stupid. Mic drop, turn off the podcast. Your midweek download destination. Brian Stone is amazingly intelligent and popular. Just ask him. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. And note to self, don't die. Welcome in on time and on schedule this week. Available for a midweek download destination. Thousands of you do it every week. I don't know if it's actually thousands, but multiple people, dozens of people, whatever it is. It's a Stone on Air podcast. Just another one of the random uh, opens I've had over the last couple of years. My name is Brian. You likely already know that. By now, the front end that was uh, Mike Wilbon from PTI saying exactly what I'm thinking, except he was just much nicer about it. But slow your roll, everybody. Joe Burrow is not the most amazing quarterback that's ever lived and going to go back to the Super Bowl over and over and over like we've done with Patrick Mahomes. And Mahomes might actually do that. We'll wait and see. But um, I'll talk all things Super Bowl in the second segment of the show, and I've got a couple of different angles, not really just the game. Um, I, um, I went to a, a, a Super Bowl party with a bunch of people, or, well, many people that I was only kind of acquaintances with, and then like two or three that I knew real well. So it was a, a blend of just kind of people watching, learning people's, you know, what what makes them tick, you know, what angle they come from. And so I kind of just used my amateur psychiatry and just kind of read the room all night. Didn't drink hardly at all. It was actually a nice time. And I'll, I'm going to kind of observe uh, the room on a podcast. Hopefully it'll come across as somewhat interesting in the second segment of the show. And in the final segment, I've got this audio from, um, his name is Fred. What is it? Fred, doesn't matter because he's not from here. Fred Hope. Uh, Fred the Brit, we called him. He was on with the uh, the morning daily podcast that I do a couple of weeks ago, maybe almost three weeks ago now. And just a few cuts from that interview that I just thought was interesting, just his thoughts on the, ci- on the city of Chattanooga, the community, and a few of the differences in American and European culture just for the fun of it. So that'll be on the back end of the show, the final Third, uh, three pieces of audio coming up for you. Sorry, I'm going back down the Bill Maher road. I, I mean, I'm just obsessed with the guy these days, and uh, his show is is in current new episodes, so a lot of the audio is showing up on my TikTok and Twitter feeds because of the algorithm, so I'm seeing it all the time. 
Uh, but regarding Whoopi Goldberg and the discussion about or the argument, what was the Holocaust about? Race, not race, religion, both, whatever. L- less about that and more just great commentary from Bill. I'll get you the worst idea. Tweets from the halftime show. And uh, just for the fun of it, a Donald Trump impression as today's best thing. Why? Why not? Haven't done one of those in a while. So a couple of just quick notes here. So it looks like we're going to get again, once again, a 70 plus degree day in February, which generally speaking means terrible storms. So it looks like Thursday, last I checked, was a 72 day, a 72 for the high. So uh, I don't know if we're talking tornadic uh, activity here at this point or not, but certainly you throw in 70 degrees in the, you know, in the middle of the winter and that just doesn't work well with uh, the atmosphere. So keep that in mind. Always take that seriously as we all have now learned and grown to know over the last decade. That's not something to just not pay attention to anymore. And those damn gas prices are skyrocketing skyrocketing and I, I don't follow uh the headlines like i used to anymore i'm not even watching cnbc normally um even though it's still a great information source because it is just numbers and news for the most part and finances and dollars and cents so i haven't even been keeping an eye on that just because i just haven't felt like it so i don't know what the exact most immediate um reaction is to that as far as the the market is concerned and and world oil trade and all of that i don't know what the you know the price of a, of a barrel if it's skyrocketing clearly it is you know we were at 275 about you know just a month ago probably maybe a month and a half ago and i saw it today at two or excuse me three and a quarter so it's starting to really hurt me and i always had a very very uh economic uh, gas efficient gas sipping vehicles most of my adult life and uh it's it's when it gets over 250 when it starts to bother me two dollar gas you know, you know no big deal um 250 onwards up to three now up you know approaching three and a half that really uh that one hurts so we'll see where that goes today is the 16th at the earliest that you'll listen to this so that means Yesterday was, or Monday and Tuesday, was most of Major League Baseball's uh, spring training reporting dates for their pitchers and catchers. Usually most the team shows up right about that time anyway, but the full squads aren't uh, required to be there until like the end of this week or maybe all the way into next Monday, whatever day it is. By the time next Monday gets here in normal settings, all of the squads would have already shown up just because they're ready to play and get out of the house and go hang out in Florida. Why the hell wouldn't you go? And um, that didn't happen with the lockout. I'm not going to bore you with all that, but it is bumming me out. And the only reason that it's not upsetting me a lot is because, well, the world champions are the Braves, and so I'm still a champion for as long as this takes. So that takes it all, the edge off a little bit. Um, but the thing that really is bothering me, my birthday weekend is opening weekend in Atlanta and that's going to be ring ceremony weekend and sold out houses and just a freaking party. And if those season starts late, then clearly that'll jeopardize the scheduling early on. And just for the selfishness of it, that is upsetting me. But other than that, it'll happen. We're going to play ball. Just got to figure out when. Uh, let's see. So over the uh, weekend, I got a, a random call from a friend of mine, um, or text, drunk text. And just want to talk. 
He's one of my guitar playing guys, friends, that I've known most of my life. Never been great, real close friends with, but if, whenever we hang out, it, it feels like we're close friends because we, we, we're kindred spirits. We share so much from the world of, of music, music writing, 1990s, grunge, kids, and worldview is a little different, but it's, you know, we're still kind of cut from some of the same, same cloth. And we talked for about an hour or so on uh, last Friday, and, um, and it was like, hey, man, we're jamming tomorrow. Why don't you come over? And I literally was not drunk and literally had nothing to do with Super Bowl weekend. So my, my fun day was going to be Sunday. And I said, what the hell? And I grabbed the guitars and went over to his house. And we jammed for two, an hour and a half or so, electric, plugged up. Haven't done that in years. Maybe upwards of nearly 10 years since I've plugged up guitars and drums and bass and pianos and microphones and the whole deal. And then after the drummer had to leave, we went out on the back porch, you know, 1997 style, smoking cigarettes, drinking light beer and, you know, playing Tom Petty songs on the porch on a gorgeous Saturday afternoon. It was a blast from the past, and it was so much damn fun. And by the time I got done with it and then came home and have practiced for a couple days since then, I, I can actually play this guitar pretty well. And recently I've been talking to myself thinking, I need a new hobby. Because the hobby I have right now is giving me high cholesterol and um, blood pressure issues because I'm cooking every day. Every day, night, that's been my, my uh, pastime. And, you know, you got to eat, so it's something you're going to do anyway. But when I'm doing these elaborate nights of cooking, you know, I'm, I'm eating way more than just sitting down and having dinner. I need to find something else to occupy my time. Like one thing I've wanted to do my whole life is picture framing. Um, all you got to do is just get the, it's not that hard to do, practice it a little bit, you'd be pretty good at it. I got so many posters, concert posters I want to get framed, but a nice, good frame job is like 150 bucks if you're lucky. So I thought that would be a pretty cool hobby to have. And But then I realized I've got to invest a lot of money in that. I'm like, I already have a hobby, my old hobby, playing guitar, writing songs, having fun, and it doesn't cost anything. So it was kind of nice to have that passion kind of relived and remembered because it's a, it's a lot of work it's very very hard to regularly practice and get good with guys who play at a professional level because these people i play with yeah we're screwing around on a saturday but they play at a serious professional level and it is and they're better than me they're much better than me and i have to work real hard to keep up and that's kind of why i fell out, out of it you know a decade ago because it was just it just got too hard and I just kind of got bored with it. So I might go back to that here uh, sooner than later. And I'll get you these um, these three pieces of audio here shortly because I think I'm going to go long in the middle segment. But real fast, before I get to that, um, my Samsung uh, smart TV that's in the kitchen. So I'm, I'm in there every day. I don't even hardly go to my uh, living room anymore. And it has like the free TV that just automatically connects to some kind of uh, network. It's a bunch of crappy comedy and and crappy music channels, and uh, you know probably Three's Company somewhere you're gonna find on some of these channels. I don't know. I haven't really searched them. I have the, the, you know real ca- regular cable, so I haven't really even looked around. But the other day, uh, somehow hit a button and realized what it was, and it took me to Unsolved Mysteries. The Robert Stack hosted show from the 1990s. And if you didn't watch this show, you won't be able to relate to any of this. But if you did, 
there's a high likelihood you'll relate relate to this very much. Um, I watched that show like crazy when I was a kid. I loved it. And so when it was on, I uh, I started watching it, and it just runs on a loop. It's almost like it's the Unsolved Mysteries channel. I don't even know like if it's a number or what. I just see it, and then it's just always on. And when I, when I watched it as a kid, it scared the bleep out of me. It scared me. The music, Robert Stacks, I think I'm getting his name right, his just unbelievably haunting uh, uh, delivery and these sometimes not even, you know, they're kind of uh, a spiritual or ghost, you know, is there a ghost in the building? Well, I, you know, no, I don't believe any of that stuff. But they make it so uh, eerie, especially as a kid. I, 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 it made me scared of the dark, but I liked it so much. I watched it all the time. And now the production value is awful and it's in low def on a big high definition television and it doesn't hold up really. It's just the uh, the nostalgia of it that had me watching some of it the other day, uh, the, the Friday night I believe it was, whenever, and there was a, a particularly kind of a uh, pretty spooky one that I was I was zeroed in on, and I heard this slam or really hard like door hitting or something like that, and I was like, what the I jumped I jumped <laughs> damn near out of my shoes. And my my I got flushed and just this terrifying feeling um, because I knew partially because I knew that the neighbors weren't home. And a lot of times the, his shed is right next to my near my kitchen. So I, if he's out there banging stuff around, he works in carpentry. I'll, I'll you know, I'll dismiss it. He wasn't home. And I knew that. And I don't know if my mind was just playing tricks on me. I ran to the door and locked it. I don't even lock the door most nights when I go to sleep at night and actually rarely lock the door when I'm gone from the house unless it's more than a day. I locked the door. I was so spooked. So I don't know if that show holds up if you'd never seen it, but I thought that was funny and literally terrifying because I couldn't figure out where the noise came from. So maybe it was just my mind playing tricks on me. I don't know. All right. Bill Maher on uh, Whoopi Goldberg. I don't even remember what he says uh, because I put it together the other day. But I know I liked it. This is today's, what am I calling this? This is today's coolest thing. Could a nation like America have maintained an apartheid state for the vast majority of its history and expect the views of the races to match on all matters? It's amazing they match on any. Whoopi Goldberg shouldn't have to conform to or apologize for her views on race as much as I disagree with them. And she certainly shouldn't have to sit out like a child and think about what she did. You've got to get past this endless, unforgiving, zero-tolerance mindset bent on punishing and disappearing anyone caught saying the wrong thing. The right response to speech you don't like is more speech. This is a big country with lots of people who don't think like you. We all only need to agree on free speech itself. That's my religious belief. That's the timeless principle I live by. I don't like what Whoopi said about race. She didn't like what I said about COVID. So what? The real essence of karma, by the way, is non-attachment, letting shit go. It's very zen. Yeah, yeah, I love it and uh, couldn't agree more. The thing with the race thing with, with Whoopi, she said that the Holocaust was not about race, right? I think that's what she said. Um, I understand the confusion there. Uh, I am woefully ignorant to foreign religions and foreign cultures, and I have never before, I'll just admit it out loud and call me dumb if you want, that I've never considered the Jews a race. 
Um, I understand now that they that that it is that is the case, but I didn't. I've never thought of it that way. The Jews are just other people, religious people to me, and I know Jewish people. Sometimes the joke is they're Jew-ish, um, and to me, they're just white guys and girls. I mean, I, they're they're not straight descent from Jerusalem and those areas of the world or Palestine or wherever else. Um, they're just they're just white people to me. And so I when when I first heard that I didn't I didn't even bat an eye at it, and I often think of uh, the Holocaust being more of a uh, of just a religious thing. But I guess it was race and religion is always involved, and I can understand somebody getting confused by that. And I didn't think there was you know I wish she kind of would have said hey I you know I didn't I'm dumb sorry I didn't I wasn't really thinking straight. Instead she kind of doubled down and made herself sound even dumber. But um, that's on her if she wants to look dumb that's her problem. Um, it wasn't an onslaught of of tweets and reaction to the halftime show, Super Bowl show, but there was enough. And this is just some dude on TikTok just trying to be stupid, reading tweets uh, pretty much immediately following uh, last week's halftime show at the Super Bowl. I'm calling this today's, what am I calling it, the worst idea. Dear NFL, what was the message of that halftime show? The Super Bowl halftime sucks big time and racist halftime show ever. No white people. Eminem was the only white person in this entire performance. NFL, why are Hall making it a point to have absolutely no white people in the halftime show? The NFL is now a league of sexual anarchy. This halftime show should not be allowed on television. Next year's Super Bowl showtime, can we get Kid Rock, Lee Greenwood, Mercy Me, Jason Adeline, Ted Nugent? <laughs> I love it. It's just funny. Oh, so stupid. People and Twitter and social media and people are so, so stupid. Uh, this is the best thing. It's just a, a, a low-level a comedian that I follow who does a lot of really good impressions, does a lot of presidential imp- uh, impressions. And this one popped up and I thought it was worth doing. We'll call it today's best thing. I want to wish you all a happy Valentine's Day. We know it's coming up very soon. And it's sad because a lot of people, you can't find love. You see people, they're on their phones all day with their unibrows swiping left and right. And their fingers, they're getting sore. And some people, they're buying super likes. Have you heard about this? They're spending money. To show the other person that they like them. How embarrassing is that? You might as well march up to the woman and tell him you're a loser. And we have Cupid. He's working around the clock. You gotta salute him. He's doing incredible work. They upgraded him to a crossbow. And they I heard they got him in artillery for launching hearts at aircrafts. It's fantastic work. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> I, love, uh, I love good impressions. And uh, that'll be it for the Open. Coming up next, all things Super Bowl. Some people just couldn't stop being themselves. An entertaining game. And what about that halftime show? I'll get to it next. Stone on Air. We'll be right back. He's cool. Stoneonair.com. Look, we know tomorrow's the Super Bowl, okay? And people in general like rooting for the underdog. And that's all I've been hearing. Go Bengals. Who day? They about to get their ass whooped. That's who they are. Sorry. Right? You really think Ohio could beat California in anything? I mean, if it was a chili cheese dog eating contest, I might be worried. Or a snow shoveling contest, we're definitely taking an L. But football? With Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and Kendrick playing halftime, we ain't losing. Sorry. We're about to light that secondary up like a pre-roll at Snoop Dogg's house. 
Okay. Rams by 41. Catch me at the parade. California forever. Get Seeking salvation in part of my general plan. Seeking salvation ain't part of my general plan. Raise my glass to your health. I don't mind if you don't look like me. This is my new jam. It's a new one from James McMurtry. Might be my theme song going forward in life. That dude on that uh, rejoin is uh, just some TikTok guy who his whole shtick is California's great and everywhere else sucks. And so it's a, it's a bit. And uh, usually it's pretty funny. And that one, you know, it's not, not hilarious stuff, just fun stuff. Um, I'm going to read you the lyrics of this song real quick. I meant to, I meant to uh, print it out and I forgot. So I'm just pulling it up on my computer real quick. She's going to motor through it, and you'll understand why I like it so much. Looking back down the road from a little ways out, I never had a fear and I never had a doubt. If I had a lick of sense, I'd have figured that out by now, or figured that out pretty fast. But I wasn't any smarter than the average kid. Somebody might have noticed, but I never did. I never saw the future fading right into the past. Talking to the wallpaper, wandering the halls, I burned a lot of bridges and I dropped a lot of balls. It's a wonder I can ever go back to any place I've ever been. But I wouldn't get down on my knees on a bet. I'd never, I'm near enough to Jesus than I'd ever want to get. Seeking salvation ain't part of my general plan. Save your prayers for yourself. I raise my glass to your health. I don't mind if you don't look like me. We can share my bread and wine. I come from another time. If it don't matter all that much, if it don't bleed. Now it's all I can do just to get out of bed. There's more in the mirror than there, what there is up ahead. I smile and I nod, and I heard what you said every time. So run another rack, pour another shot. You don't get it back, so give it all you got. While you got, while you got a little a more or less functional body in mind. And then... I learned to answer my calls and open my mail. I paid my taxes and I stayed out of jail. You stay in the game when you're too broke to fail. That's a fact. And then it's just a repeat of other lyrics. Save your prayers for yourself. I'll raise my glass to your health. Anyway, thank you for that. For putting up with that anyway. Uh, so the Super Bowl here, I got to change screens real quick. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right. Um, I thought it was a fantastic day. Absolutely fantastic day. I, I, I didn't sit down and write them down, but I'd say, you know, I've got about five days a year that are just, you know, they're my days and, uh, the Super Bowl Sunday is one of them. It's probably not much different than most people my age and my demographic. I'm sure Super Bowl is most people's favorite days that I know that are like-minded to me. But it, to me, it's just a feel. Like, you know, you wake up on Thanksgiving. It's just a different feel of a day. You know, you're doing something different on Thursday in the middle of the week. Uh, Christmas Day, you know, same deal. It's just a different feel to the day. Not a good feel necessarily or bad. It's just different. And for me... Going into Super Bowl weekend, I have that anticipation, and then when I wake up on Super Bowl Sunday, 
there's just it's just like that. It's just like this is a different kind of yeah. We're going and sitting around eating food, watching football. It ain't that much different than some of the things we do out throughout the year. But it just it really is a great, great, great day. And this go around was a fun game. Uh, still very irritating, knowing that I'm watching two teams that are inferior to my favorite team that had the road to the Super Bowl paved with bronze, at least. (laughs) I mean, it was there. It was there for the taking, and it should have been taken, and it was very difficult for a minute to do that. But where I kind of fixed that was, it was the first down of football I've seen since the Titans lost to the Bengals on divisional round weekend. We played the first game of that weekend. I have not watched another down of football. I'm not exaggerating either. This was a this was like a real protest to myself. I am not watching a down of this. And I I missed some amazing games. I know what happened. You know, I watch the highlights later. I see the scores. I'm on Twitter. I see what's happening. But it will not be on in my presence. I will not look at the television screen if there's a football game being played until the Super Bowl. So since I was able to kind of have that mini boycott, that helped me. It was just, I don't know, cathartic to some degree, I guess. I don't know. I'm a weird guy. What do you want, you know, what, what do you want me to say? So I went to a friend's house that was um, a, 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 different, a, a, a different crowd than I'm usually in. Um, well, actually, hold on. Let's hold on to that. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. I want to finish just the game itself, and then I'll talk about my, uh, you know, armchair uh, psychiatry kind of overview of the room. So I'll come back to that. Uh, Game itself wasn't the best game ever played. Certainly not. But I found myself engaged and entertained by it uh, virtually the whole time. Uh, I still don't watch these commercials. I don't know what y'all are doing. I mean, if you're a football fan and you're really interested in watching this game, I don't understand why you would be not taking a second to get a breather and look at your phone while you'd be watching these commercials. But that's what you want to do, go right ahead. So I didn't see any of those. I heard the cable guy one was funny. and Everybody loved the Sopranos one. I don't know. Um, but so the game was entertaining, but the halftime show has been fun to, to discuss. And I, I didn't follow real closely, but I guess a lot of old older folks, old, boring, especially white people, and I guess some evangelical types had some issues with it. Uh, I guess all I know is is the room that I was in. I was by far the oldest person in the room. It was a it was mostly consisting of mid thirties, so just straight up millennials. Um, but domesticated. I mean, they have the, the the people's house I was at there. They have newborn twins. They're four months old. So very domesticated, and a very nice home and just a, a really comfortable place to watch the game. But they were losing it. They were having a party, and I and that's what it seemed to be from my vantage point on all social media, especially Facebook. I mean, just just glowing at how awesome they thought it was, and I found myself it was infectious. It was infectious to see the room so uh, so happy and and having fun, and then seeing social media so positive. You know, at least my my feeds were. And I like Eminem a little. I like I you know romanticize the the explosion of of J- Dr. Dre and Snoop and those back in those days. I didn't like any of that stuff as a kid, but I you know I understand that it was good. It was fun, and I know a lot of the words, and and would you know probably uh, you know wouldn't admit it out loud. Probably liked it more than I would have ever let anybody realize back then. So the nostalgia 
aspect of it was was fantastic. I don't know any Mary J. Blige songs. I don't know anything by 50 Cent. I don't know a damn thing about Kendrick Lamar. Um, Dre, Eminem, and, um, and Snoop, obviously, were the, the ones I knew the most. But just put that aside. Let's just say that I didn't know any of the songs and I didn't care anything about them. That production was fantastic. And after a few years now of just over-the-top, made-only-for-TV halftime sets, that that was a different feel. It, it looked like you were watching a performance in a football stadium in front of people waiting for a football game to be played, if that makes any sense. Because many times, especially last year with the weekend, I could you, if you could have told me that was being that performance was on Mars and I wouldn't have known any different because of the production angle made it look like a TV show, not a performance inside of a, a, a completely full stadium. And this did both. It gave a great, uh, cool performance, a cool uh, stage, and gave you the feel that, hey, and this is live at the Super Bowl. And the last few years, especially last year, they haven't done that. So... um that was uh that was that was pretty cool. All right, so I've got three more points slash angles that I want to uh, give to you, and two of them kind of blend together, and hopefully I don't um, stumble all over them trying to make my my more specific point. The first one's not going to be difficult at all. The gambling nature of uh, of the Super Bowl this year was certainly a, a whole new world with the legalized sports books. Nothing that I was surprised by 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 any means. But I was watching that game very intensely. I, I'm a petty, petty, petty man sometimes. And I am not ashamed to admit it. And I am so butthurt over that loss to Joe Stupid Cool Burrow and the Dumb Bungles and them continuing to win and getting into the Super Bowl and just being slurped up like they're just some kind of amazing story. And they're not even that good of a team. I, I just I couldn't handle it. That's why I wasn't watching the games. I couldn't watch it. I couldn't hear the analysis of it. I couldn't hear it just blah. And you know, winning a Super Bowl is life changing for an entire region of the country. For millions of people, it's life changing. I mean, that might sound silly, but it's true. And I don't want these stupid Ohioans to have any kind of thing to be excited about when they don't deserve it. That's how I look at it. And Rams fans, there aren't any Rams fans. This is Los Angeles. Who the hell cares about L.A.? Other than just, you know, whatever you might be obsessed with, the nature of it just seeming like it's on another planet. But there's no Rams fans. There's more Rams fans in St. Louis than there is in Los Angeles. Who cares if they get a Super Bowl or don't? Like, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter to me. Um, So I was watching very intently, and... I mean, I was hanging on it. Like, I was hanging on every play. I was really into it. And a couple different times, depending on who I was around, because I didn't know a lot of the people in the uh, in the, uh, in the the room, I, there was three or four. I don't remember if I already said this. There was three to seven people that I, I had never met before. There was three or four that I have knew kind of. And then, like, two I knew really well. Two or three I knew really well. So it was a mixed room. So depending on who I was around. And they'd be like, oh, who you got on this? Or, hey, do you got the squares on? Is your square numbers falling on this? Or... Uh, you know, what, what, what you got, what's at stake here? I'm like, dude, nothing. <laughs> I just, I just really want to see a team lose. So I have to really hard root for a team to win. It's just watching sports. 
I don't have any money in the game here. There's no skin in the game, as they say. And it's almost getting to where that's very unusual to be watching something. Actually, I'd say it's completely unusual that I'm intently watching something that is not one of my teams just because I want a real outcome for real life. Not so they win by over three and a half or to cover the over under on this or whatever. And it's just, uh, it was a kind of puzzled looks like, really? You care that much just because? <laughs> okay. You know, I was looked at as like I was strange. Um, but I, 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 I don't need to gamble. I've learned it. I tried it. I tried it out when it first became legal and I never gambled illegally and I don't want to gamble legally. It's just not my thing. Do it. Do all you want. Have fun with it, but just not me. Um, so the final two things here, again, that kind of run together. Um, compare and contrast a little bit because some of these guys, especially one in particular, was at the 2017 game, the, uh, the, the 16 season, 2017 Super Bowl, Patriots and Falcons. And Trump had just been elected. He wasn't even, you know, had he been sworn? Yeah, I guess he would have been just sworn in. So that was a uh, politically odd time. We've had five years to kind of, at least the ones of us that are doing it uh, respectfully, have had enough time now to kind of refocus and uh, change our approach to how we handle discussions. Not everybody, clearly. I'm, I'm about to give you an example of one that doesn't. Um, not everybody, but the ones I respect the most. And I've had this conversation with the guy I was playing with guitar with the other day. Same kind of things like... I've finally been able to reprogram myself to not hate everybody, and I can actually have a conversation with people that I disagree with. But the thing is, is they have to be on that same level as me with that same kind of restraint and um, and respect for the situation to where you can still have meaningful conversations. And not everybody can do this, and not everybody wants to do it. Um, so in 2017, there's this goof that we used to play ball with Sandlot ball. And these guys are all, you know, seven to ten years younger than me. And I used to, you know, they were friends of my younger brothers, and I hung out with younger people when I was, you know, in my mid-30s. They were in their 20s. And this guy who would always come out to the ball fields, and we just played pickup games, and he was just, he sucked, and it was all funny, and he was a clown, goofball, you know, harmless, but just like, enough, dude. Shut up. You're so not funny. But, I mean, good guy. Quality, quality dude. And in 2017... All of a sudden, he's got these real hard political talking points that he's, you know, bringing up during the Super Bowl. And, you know, at that time, others were, too. And it was just I was just like, you you the goofball, you know, the idiot out there. You're not going to come to me. And, you know, I'm almost 10 years older than the student. You're going to start preaching to me political uh, talking points and buzzwords. Get the hell out of here, dude. At that time, though, we were all just kind of, everybody was just kind of on edge because of all the obvious reasons. Well, he was here this year, and um, it it would appear to me that he's taking the same approach that I have and many others that I highly respect, and it's kind of just, you know, you just steer clear of certain things. There's just certain things you don't need to do. Now, if you're among your two or three good old boys and you want to spit out some, you know, some venom and, and, and just... And, and be that way, then you go right ahead. That's fine. But you, you got to take the temperature of the room. You got to understand where you're at, or you should. You don't have to. You should, uh, if you're asking me. And there was one of the guys, also a guy who used to play ball with us, and I've known him for a while. 
And I know that we are on opposite ends of everything. He's a, a, a former, he's a veteran, um, right-leaning for sure, never made that any kind of secret way before, you know, he, when he was younger, he wasn't the goofball who didn't pay attention. He was in, you know, he was in combat. I don't know if he was in actual combat, but he served. And so I've always known we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. And I tried to date his sister, which <laughs> I was wondering what he thought about that. I kind of did date her. She was crazy. Anyway, um, so, like, he's not a stranger to me. We're not acquaintances. We're not good friends. I don't know his middle name. I don't have his phone number. That means we're not great friends, but I've known him a long time. And there was two instances of the night, and maybe you'll think these aren't that big a deal, but to me, I'm, I've jotted them down on my phone right when they happen. As I'm just, I'm listening to people. I'm eavesdropping, not in a bad way. I'm just, just you know, not, not trying to... Well, I don't know what I was trying to do. Just reading the room. And one of the first commercial breaks, there's a commercial on. Nobody knows what it's for because it's one of those long, we're not going to tell you what it is types. And this dude just loudly is like, oh, yeah, I bet this is one of those uh, woke commercials. Yeah, I bet this is all woke, probably trying to make me feel bad for being a white guy. You know, like, you, you couldn't wait, dude. Dude, you ser- you seriously, you couldn't wait to get to a commercial break or get to a point where the attention was on you so you could say something just stupid and completely unnecessary. And I understand somebody's going to say, Brian, shut up. Why do you care about that? And I, the, the fact of the matter is I don't really care about that because I'm not going to see this guy again for maybe upwards of a year or maybe even longer than that. I don't care what he thinks or what he does, and good for you. Have a great life. It was just the the reaction that I just, I had, to, he had to get it in there. It was coming eventually. He just could not help himself. And, you know, you know that you've got a guy like me. Maybe he's too dumb to understand that I'm, I'm polar opposite of him ideologically. I don't know. And I hate wokeness more than anybody. It's just the, really? Really, is that what we're doing here? And then... If that was just it, I probably wouldn't have used a segment on it you know, or a portion of a segment on it. Later on, we're talking, and I'm, I am now involved with the conversation. This isn't just earshot. That was earshot before. And when, by the way, that commercial was not a woke commercial. It was like, you know, FedEx or something or whatever. It was, it was he, he, he didn't even take an opportunity that was wokeness to comment on it. He had to make it up. He had to fabricate it. So um, we're talking about how maybe moving the Super Bowl to Saturday. Which I am, um, I am definitely okay with that, and we're talking, we're we're debating it, you know, discussing it in the room amongst grown ass adults in a probably a commercial break, and um, and then he said something along the lines, well, yeah, well, maybe if we just have the a, a national holiday on Monday after the Super Bowl, which is you know a silly, dumb conversation to have anyway. So, oh yeah, the federal government's going to make a national holiday so you can recover from your Super Bowl hangover. That, that, I mean, that's just a dumb conversation to have. But that's an okay dumb conversation to have. That's fine. Whatever. We're, just, we're all bu- boys yucking it up, right? And then he, I wish I could remember it better because was just, I was just like, you got to be kidding me, dude. And then he's like, oh, I, I know what we can do. We can uh, Super Bowl on Sunday and then Juneteenth. We'll put Juneteenth on, uh, on Monday. And then everybody can have the day off. Ha, 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 ha. They had a goddamn thing funny about that. It's, you know, it's racially motivated. It's, it's, it's what people 
want to scream the white privilege, just you know, disgusted types. And it's just, it's just a really, I think it's just really inappropriate. I guess meant to be a joke, just nonsensical, asinine thing to say. And it is another one of those. You just can't stop being you for a minute, can you? You just can't. And um, you know, so I, I both of those two from the same guy done so deliberately. I just was like, man, some people just don't want to do, don't want to adjust to what I guess is terribly, unfortunately, the the reality that we're in. That you just there's just no reason to do that. Sorry, I'm trying to move this over here while I'm talking. Uh, there's just no reason to do it, and you know that's fine. You do you, and again, maybe maybe even the people who agree with me on many things, maybe you think I'm being petty on this too. I don't know. But I know for a fact that if there's a situation where this dude is going to be somewhere that I'm invited to, the chances are it could be a deal breaker that I'm not going. Not because I'm I, I'm mad and hate him and cancel him and all that. So I just want to hear it. I don't want to be around people who don't know how to understand their environment and don't understand how to readjust themselves. To me, it's just pure arrogance. It's pure arrogance. You can think Juneteenth is, Juneteenth is a dumb idea. You can think wokeness is awful. I agree with you. I hate it. But, you know, just like my dad will often, you know, he, he's a woke type and uses and he's getting more that way. And I'm often like, knock it off. Knock it off already. We all, all, we all already understand where you're at. Doubling down and saying it over and over again, just causing attention to yourself, isn't doing anything other than making you look like an asshole. Stop. So that's just kind of where I come from on that but overall fantastic day we had tacos and all the sides and uh, ribs and uh, pulled pork and a bunch of you know desserts and stuff that i didn't even glance at but it was a nice spread and uh it was a lot 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 of fun and i'm done with football thank god the season's too long jesus when they go to 18 games man my god that was a never-ending season uh, dude, name is Fred Hope. He's from the UK. We'll hear a few things about him and a couple of my thoughts on uh, other foreigners I've talked to over the years. And we'll wrap up the show. Coming up next, same time. Now it's all I can do just to get out of bed. There's more in the mirror than there is up ahead. A smile and a nod like I heard what you said every time. So run another rack, pour another shot. You don't get it back, so give it all you got. Why you still got a more or less functional body in mind? Save your prayers for yourself. Raise my glass to your help. I don't mind if you don't look like me. Now back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. It's just a whirlwind of generosity, hospitality. And you've got a, a seriously nice community, and if you can support Zaza's, well, your insights have been been very uh, delightful today. I appreciate yes, it. I've yeah. not very said much, so. but I appreciate it. Thank no. you for asking me. Beatles or Stones? Uh, Beatles. Thank you. Like um, and Oasis. Uh, <laughs> three out of ten. Uh, get out of here! What are you doing here? That's the, that's the end of the hospitality right there, my brother. Um, enjoy the rest. Wait of Wait a minute. Yeah. Joy Division or New Order? Ah, Joy Division. All right, all right, all right, all right, again. Well, and to be fair, our British friend Fred Hope is a millennial. I think he said he was about 33. 
he would have been a child in the 90s. And I guess Oasis didn't have the lasting impression on him and his peers and maybe his parents. His parents probably hated Oasis because they were claiming to be better than the Beatles. Maybe that's how that went. Welcome back in. I think it's five weeks in a row now. Five weeks in a row doing a show. I'll try to keep it up. Chattanooga Drive-In Show is still every Monday through Friday. Exhaustively every Monday through Friday. Uh, it's it's going, you know, it's going. It's still a somewhat for-profit gig. Somewhat. So um, what did I want to do here? Uh, I had two thoughts. I just lost my train of thought here. One of them was anyway. I it's it's interesting to talk to people from you know far away lands. You know, Canada, Canada. You know, they're barely different. Well, they're not all that much different than than Americans in a lot of ways, and so the perspective is is, is not much different than you would expect because they're so close. But when you talk to people, you know, from Ireland and from England and from Australia and from places, you know, half a world away, it's it's just a fascinating. Uh, conversation for my from you know, my experiences and I'm probably in the neighborhood of between 10 and 15 actual you know just visiting United States conversations I've had in my life and when it comes to uh, you know America's approach to what I just basically call indoctrination and just kind of explaining the simple stuff I guess it's similar to everywhere else in in the world, and indoctrination and propaganda can kind of there's a blurry line at times. But you know, just this idea, this at least the way I felt it as growing up is that you know America does everything better, uh, it's, especially things like healthcare. We do healthcare better. In other countries, you have to wait for you know doctors. You don't get the care you need when you need it. You don't have the uh, innovations, and you don't have. The, the whatever it might be, even whatever that insert this thing that America does better than everybody else kind of thing. And we do do a lot of things better innovation, certainly. Um, but especially like the healthcare thing, I've been laughing at that for 25 years and I, I don't do a lot of healthcare topics, but healthcare for profit, I'm completely against. Um, but I've never talked to out of these 10 to 15 people that I've talked to over the past 20 years, I've never once heard from any of them give any validation to that America's healthcare is better or, or many other a- angles of there's never validation. There's never like, yeah, you know, those things that you were kind of told your whole life. It, some, yeah, most, some of them are true. Most of them are, or most of them are not. It's always like, no, you know, our healthcare is just fine. <laughs> That's the one I go to first. I, I mean, Lisa Greer, who was from Canada, I used to work with here, a guy I met in Atlanta who was traveling, setting up, um, uh, uh, festivals. He, it was a, uh, I guess it was Shaky Knees or maybe 420. And we were just, I, I don't know where he's from, but way on the other side of the world. And we were just over beers at the bar talking for an hour or two. And it was, he's just dumbfounded by, by the way we do things in so many different ways. It doesn't mean that's right or wrong. It's just healthcare. No, our healthcare is f- great. There's nothing wrong with our healthcare system. Um, and this idea that this other just simp- oversimplification that we just kind of push to the youth is that you know communism and other forms of uh, of, of government and uh, in economic systems, what, no matter what words you want to use, other systems other than ours, they just don't work. Yeah, that just doesn't work. Those don't work. Other country systems don't work. And then you look around the rest of the world, and they're all 
whether you agree with them or not isn't the point here. They all work in the way that they've designed them to work. It's just, it's not what we do, so therefore it's wrong and it doesn't work. No, it does. It, it actually does work. In your logic, the rest of the world is poverty-stricken, burning in flames, and we're the only ones who have a functional system. No, all these, many of these, these developed nations, economic systems, work just fine. Just ask them. They'll tell you. Uh, so I, I'm not trying to make a greater point other than, you know, it, it's just very easy for uh, in American culture to just you just you hear it long enough. You hear it long enough. Yeah. No other system around the world around the world works. <sighs> OK. Anyway, so you get my, you get my point. And I, I've I've talked to several people on, on on the air over the years that were, you know, thick accents and everything coming from those countries and, you know, debunking all these overly simplified you know, American uh, cultural, educational kind of ways of explaining why America's great and everywhere else isn't. So this isn't a hating on America uh, segment, I promise. I love it here, wouldn't have it any other way, uh, but you, you, I think you get where I'm coming from. So let's just jump in here. I'm a little late overall uh, as we roll here, and uh, we'll get some audio here from um, Fred Hope. He came into town. He'll tell the story a little bit here. I'm just going to give him more overview First of all, Shannon Fuller, Dixie Fuller from formerly of Riverbend, longtime uh, roadie, was an Alabama, the band Alabama's like guitar tech, road, top roadie guy, main guy for many, many years. Um, I, I've gone back and forth with him on the air at times about my hating Riverbend and him being a, a staunch defender and his, his wife, Shannon, who uh, together they also own Zarzars. Uh, it's been in the family, I think, the whole entire 100-plus years that it's been open downtown, a place I sadly can, can have to say I've never been to before. Um, they've, they've had issues with me before, but we've patched them up because uh, uh, just over time, it's, 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 been, it's, it's great. I consider Dixie a friend, and I've never met his wife, Shannon, but she has terminal cancer. Um, I, don't, I don't know what kind of cancer it is, but it's stage four. She's not going to live a whole lot longer. She's made it. She's very open with it. Talks about it on Facebook and social media all the time. So I'm not out of pl- I'm not out of bounds here by by bringing it up. And they were having a big fundraiser for Shannon back in January, and somehow this dude is play- meets her playing words with friends He's from half the world away, and they meet playing words with friends like 10, 15 years ago. Shannon and Dixie are in there, you know, they're pushing 60 by now. Maybe they're already there. You know, he's half their age. So I, I guess you could say that's a weird way to meet somebody, but I guess not, not in this day and age. And he explains it a little bit more here in a minute. So I'll, I'll fill in whatever gaps that he doesn't get to here. And, and in the morning time, there's five of us, four of us, five of us sometimes, and we're, it gets kind of talking over each other kind of stuff. So I wasn't able to get a whole lot that was just him talking only. So this won't go very long. Uh, let's see. What do I got here on the first one? Sorry, I don't have my page up. Here it is. Um, this is just him just quickly flying into Atlanta, getting a car, coming to Chattanooga. And why is, was he, is he going to Chattanooga? Um, we'll get a start here. Several people since I've got here have, have been uh, surprised, to say the least, that my first visit to the U.S. was, first of all, into Atlanta in rush hour traffic in a Ford F-150 hire truck. <laughs> uh, and then second, they're stunned when uh, when I say, yeah, I've, I've come to Chattanooga, and they say, oh, right, where else are you going? No. Chattanooga. <laughs> and, Destination. And then the next question is, um, why are you here? 
and you guys know yeah. the answer, but y- yeah. you know, you direct the conversation, but I'm happy to talk about whatever you want. And so their relationship got uh, pretty close electronically for a-, a long time, which he'll tell more about, I believe, in this clip. And if not, I'll fill in the gaps on the other side. So th- th- as a background, I have been in contact with Shannon for 10 or 12 years. We started on Words with Friends, then it was emails, then Skype when my son was born. Then things went a bit quiet whilst I was, you know, pretending to be a father and making it up on the job, as we all do. And I, I was clearing up an email account the other day, emailed her, how's things, things here are good, I'm unwell. And ever since I knew what Zaza's was, I've wanted to have lunch there. And because I'm 33, I don't think I've ever built a bucket list. But when she said, I'm ill, I thought, well, that's a bucket list item. And I thought, that's a that's a bucket list item. Uh, and there's an egg timer running on it now, and I'll be damned if uh, if I don't do it. So the choice was either stay at home and regret not going forever or come and remember whatever happens forever. My only two non-negotiables were lunch at Zaza's and give Shannon a hug. So it's certainly a heartwarming story. Um, so, yeah, that was, a, that was a big gathering. David Allen, David Allen, uh, what am I talking about? Uh, why am I blanking? Johnny Knoxville's uncle, Roger Allen Way. Jesus. Um, he played, uh, it was kind of a who's who of, of, of people who had any kind of prominence in the 90s uh, from music production and media and that kind of thing. So that's cool. And very fun to uh, have him travel all the way here, basically just to meet somebody and have a burger and check the place out. Uh, he goes on to tell his story about how uh, getting the F-150 and then dealing with Atlanta traffic, I thought, was definitely worth hearing. Sorry, where is it? There it is. I, no one's directly called me an idiot for doing that, but it, it's been implied. <laughs> um, so got, got off where you were talking about a 2020-lane roundabout, I would be far more comfortable to see any roundabouts here because it's all grid pattern. So I got yeah. out of the airport um, in my truck and allowing for exaggeration, there's a 6,000 lane highway. Um, <laughs> and everyone is keen to keen to change at least three or four lanes every mile. For no left reason. Right. Yeah. For no reason whatsoever. Quickly yes. <laughs> and without warning. And no signal. No, no. We no. have signals. They just don't use them. Someone told me, yeah, I haven't seen one yet. <laughs> Um, so there, there's all this lane changing going on. I'm, I'm in what is effectively a cross-channel ferry compared to the cars <laughs> I'm used to at home, and uh, I'm, I'm just thinking, is this even, is this even narrow enough to stay in one lane? Do I straddle two lanes in this thing? <laughs> and then there's an, an F350 ripping past, and then there's and it was straddling two lanes. Yeah, said, yeah, I can do that. There's a, a Freightliner and a Kenworth and a Peterbilt, and <sighs> and everything's happening all at once. I'm thinking, okay, I might not actually get to Chattanooga. Were your hand shaking? Uh, uh. No, they were white knuckles. <laughs> oh, I get in Atlanta traffic and get freaked out. Imagine coming to a culture, a land where there are, there are no F-150s on uh, highways and byways and many areas out in the UK. There are some, certainly, but it's not the norm. The, uh, the, the good old boys out there with their trucks and their guns, more on the guns here, in just a minute. He goes on to talk about his mindset as he prepared to go to a, a new area, a new land, uh, completely foreign, and uh, and how he kind of prepared his his brain going into it uh, before he, as he got to the States. I'm, I'm by no means an emotionally stunted person at home. I'm very open book and I'll, I'll say what I think. And I think it's, 
it is the essence of being a human being to experience a full spectrum of human emotion. If you don't, then you're a lower ape in my mind. So I, I thought, you know, I've, I've, I've felt most things, extreme sadness, extreme happiness, all this sort of stuff. But it's been quite disarming coming here and it's been uh, a sort of significant exercise in emotional Pilates, if you like. Um, I like that. I'm going I'm to use that. I'm writing that down. I <laughs> tried not to come with too many preconceived ideas because the media will portray Americans as uh, sort of boot-wearing lunatics firing their guns in the air, shooting everyone. They wouldn't be and, wrong. <laughs> well, not, not entirely. They wouldn't be wrong. Uh, the next two, the final two I have for you here, then we'll wrap it up. We start talking about guns. So if guns are a real emotional, a sensitive thing for you, uh, feel free to bail. But this is more along the lines of law enforcement and what they um, what they look like and how what they do or don't have to enforce the law, at least in the area of the UK that Fred Hope lives. I've spoken to Austin Garrett. I've spoken to a park ranger called Matt Sheriff, and I've, I've spoken to them about guns. I've also spoken to a, a, just a police officer called Greg Stroud. There you go, three name drops. Because I've got a really good friend, I've godfathered his son at home, called Alex, uh, colloquially known as Pav. He's a firearms officer for the police at home, and he's a rare bird. Our police officers are not armed. They have an extending baton to, to sort of tap people with if they're misbehaving. Um, some of them have tasers, so you can liven things up a bit. But the idea that a police officer would have uh, something to kill someone else is is not correct. And and furthermore, the idea that the populace would be, should be, or are armed and walking around like that is is alien. It's almost like going to a different universe here. And it's not a judgment. It's just very, very different for me. I mean, it... I knew that you know gun culture was considerably different, or maybe even not all that. I don't want to say non-existent, but just not much of a thing in many areas uh, of 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 the world in general. But certainly the area we're talking about, I didn't realize it was virtually non-existent at all. Their police officers do not have weapons other than a baton to crack you over the head. That's about as far as it gets. Think about that. That's wild. Absolutely wild. Not good or bad, right or wrong, just wild. What else is wild to me is his next thought more on guns and who can have guns, who does have guns in his homeland. So for context, for people that live here, the people that have weaponry at home, you cannot have a pistol in the UK, the end. Um, the only people that have them are vets for humane dispatch of horses. You can have a rifle provided you have a certificate. Uh, a, a safe bolted to the wall for the rifle, a safe bolted to the wall for the ammunition, and your certificate is reviewed annually by a firearms officer to check that you've got land to shoot on and a reason to shoot it, or permission from a landowner. Shotgun, same. Um, air rifles have to be low-powered, but but no one is armed, and there we we've had no mass shootings. And you guys had 374 last year. The notion of a school shooting is not a thing. And it- it's uh, it's unreal, unreal. And, um, you know, they're not dumb. They're not wrong because that's how their culture operates. And, you know, you know me if you listen at all. I hate guns. I'm not trying to take them away from you. And it just kind of goes to the old just simplified saying that I say all the time that the reason that America has insert this thing here, whether it's good or bad, but in this case it would be... Th- Bad, things bad like 
uh, gun crime and mass shootings, the reason we have more of these than anywhere else, it's because we allow it. And other places don't allow it. Why do we have so much more drug problems? Why do we have so much more incarceration? Why do we have so much more, uh, it just whatever it is, it's because we allow it. And that's, you take the bad with the good, and that's the freedom isn't free thing. And uh, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Not going anywhere. I can tell you, you can get out if you don't like. Shut up. Ain't going anywhere. So, there you go. That's all I got. Appreciate you so much. At Stone on Air on all social media is how you find the show. Of course, you know that. Yes, it is my theme song uh, going forward in life. Uh, James McMurtry's If It Don't Bleed. Save your prayers for yourself. And I'll raise my glass to your health. See you later, bye. Save your prayers for yourself. Raise my glass.